This is Offspin. In the service that I provide, the success comes right away. I I find that value is what I showcase to clients. Is the, isn't that clarity and structure right? That evening when they get their plan in hand, they're able to sleep well, knowing. I usually tell clients it's not about having or not not having. It's about knowing if you have or not have. That's more important. So at least you get that clarity. Even if you don't have, it's okay. You know what steps you need to go do to get there, right? And if that's the value that I'm telling to my clients, they get that success right away. I feel exactly. that is the case. Yeah. Numbers, achieving goals is just a process. You follow the structure, and nobody can, nobody's plan stays the same. Things change so much these days. You need to keep adapting the plan for sure. Uh, but that's a process, right? And if you follow the process and realign, you will achieve your goals eventually for sure. But immediately, what you get is what the value. And I feel that success is what I've always tried to uh, give clients. This is that offspin original you've all been waiting for. It's time for Let's Get Rich with Patu. Welcome back to Let's Get Rich with Part 2. Part 2 of this fascinating chat we're having with Vikram Krishnamurthy from Insightful.in and Part 2, of course. Uh, we ended the last episode, Vikram, on all about how pricing works, right? So we've overcome that hurdle. If you had to lay out this entire process for us, what is the process you undertake? How much time do you spend with each client? What do you offer them for that flat fee? Can you just lay that all out for us, please? Sure, sure. So yeah, so uh, when a client is first of all interested in reaching out to me and they reach out to me, we first have this introductory meeting where I make sure uh, I connect online for a 10-15 minute chat where I share my screen and show them exactly what they're getting into, what they don't get so that we are on the same page and there's no um, uh, ambiguity. Once we do that, that's when the client decides if they would like to even use my services or not. Half the time, they're not because they were looking for something mm. totally different, which is perfectly fine, right? But once the client is okay and they want to take this forward then we sign on there's a process that sebi itself requires us to sign off on an engagement letter and uh, pay the fees and all that and once we have those in initial formalities done then we schedule the meetings in my process and this differs from person to person we have about 3 4 meetings each meeting is about half an hour 45 minutes and we okay. uh, connect online where i share my screen i believe in helping the client build the plan along with me rather than me just building a plan and giving it to them and that's why i go through that process um some people may not do that which is perfectly fine their approach could be different but yeah at the end of those three meetings they have the complete plan in hand and the education that they would need at least the basics of what they need to look for and then they're ready to implement the plan i in my approach or service provide a six months of support so in case they have questions or changes or updates or anything like that they can reach out to me and i'm there to support them but that six months is included in that after that if they wish to continue with doing annual reviews and all that they continue the engagement after the six months period and this is all mentioned on the website and also each advisor has their own uh, process but the process that we go through is first um, and if i want to share my your screen i can sure. just show yeah yeah i can just walk you through that There you go. I hope it's on screen now, Vikram. Yes. Yeah. So, in essence, what I'm helping a client do is this, right? So, um, there are so many different aspects of personal finance, and uh, there are even DIY investors who've been investing for many years. 
they tend to focus too much on just the one piece of investments or at most maybe taxation, mm. right? But they lose the focus on how it's all coming together, right? Where uh, is it fully optimized towards what I really want in life? And secondly, are my goals even identified clearly, right? So I sit down, I sit, uh, first to help them understand what their goals are. And then once we have a clarity on that is how we put all these pieces in an efficient, cost-effective manner towards their goals. So this is the idea behind what I'm here to help them do. But we don't jump into all these pieces at once also. And if you could just show me the other screen. Um, yeah. yeah. So the process that I go through is this, right? See, um, I show this to every client in every meeting I start by showing this. In my approach, I first start with understanding their cash flows because cash flows, understanding that and having a control over them or even realizing what is going on is the most important thing. If you don't have this, you can have the best investments, but you'll go pull it out for reasons that you'd never thought about. So nice. having a clear So what all goes into this? What is this cash flow entire cash flow? Yeah. exercise about? So just, it's about clearly understanding, okay, what are the income sources today? What are the expenses? And expenses don't mean just your monthly expenses. What about these irregular things? For example, going on a vacation every year or buying even a car every four or five years once, right? You All that averages out to be something on a monthly basis, right? So when you bring in all these irregular things also into the cash flow, that's when you truly understand what is your actual monthly expense, mm. not just your, you know, what you spend every month alone. Does any historical uh, data help, uh, Vikram? For example, if you want... Uh, my wife and I's last three years, our spending patterns. Does that help yeah. at all? It definitely helps, but not many people even capture that, right? So we oh. have to go with assumptions and it's also not backward looking necessarily. For example, vacations, it could also be like, what would I like to do going forward, right? So although backward data would help give them some indication of what they're doing, it also, it's important for them to think, okay, what do I like it to be or what is it likely to be going forward, right? So. So that's where the cash flows come in. So when we bring in all these irregular things and all that, and then understand what is the actual surplus that they have. It's not what they think they have sometimes. Mm. And then that forms the base for the next steps, right? The next step is for us to then lay out, okay, what the goals are. Then we calculate, okay, if you need this goal 20 years from now or 15 years from now, what is it that you need to do? You can either save monthly from the surplus that you have, or if you already have some lump sum, we can just set it aside for that goal and take care of that goal or a combination of the two. But then if you have too many goals and you don't have enough, then that's where priorities have to be made, right? So I give the choice to the client then, okay, these are the numbers, this is what it is. You tell me what is more important for you. Uh, mm -hmm. There's no magic we can do. We only have numbers. Math is one plus one is two. So then they take may, may take their time to, you know, prioritize. And then once we have these bottom two pieces clearly laid out is when we get to the investment part. Uh, the unfortunate thing is most, most people do this whole thing upside down. They start investing exactly. money and focusing on returns and products and then uh, don't even realize what are they even trying to do all this for in the first place. So that is where investment. So once we have clarity on the goals and the cash flows, investment decisions become much more easier actually because you know exactly what timeline you're investing each goal for and then we can choose based on their risk profiling. We choose, okay, this is the asset allocation you need to have for that particular goal. And once we build this pyramid, is then we can understand what is even the size of this pyramid and mm -hmm. what about the risks that can actually topple this. And that is where insurance comes in. Uh, so insurance is literally, literally the last thing we do where we calculate and say, okay, to protect this, we need to replace your cash flows for 20 years. What is the insurance that you need to have term insurance? So that's the last step. So this is the process that I go through with anyone. Uh, this doesn't matter how much money a person has. Everybody can fit into the structure, right? And uh, at the end, when we have the plan, it covers all these aspects in this process. And that's the uh, approach that I at least take. And different people may do it differently, but this is the approach that I take. Sure. Yeah. So if I might push you a little bit on this pyramid, see, goal planning, I think, is very, very personal and it's down to your clients. But in cash flow, do you kind of try and interject and say, hey, look, this might help you. Uh, these are the habits you need to change. Does that chat happen? 
It, it does, but that's where I said earlier in the last episode, if you remember, is that uh, I make the numbers talk, right? So when I show mm. them, okay, this is what you're spending is, this is what you need, and this is the gap, you either decide, okay, you, am I going to cut down on this expense today to fund that goal, or you give up on the goal, right? We, of course, we can't just increase the return expectation and make everything look good, right? That's never something we mm. recommend. So it's either one of these things, and then they realize, okay, it's something that I have to decide, that the person has to decide. So I, in my style at least, I don't try to say, okay, this is what you have to do. Some clients, I mean, some advisors may actually be saying clearly, this is what you have to do. But I will give them suggestions, but at the end of the day, it's completely up to them to then prioritize. And then they don't complain also. If you give up on this, then it's, it's, they know the cost and benefit of each decision. Uh, what are the tools you use, Vikram? Can you throw some light on that? Uh, we tried with some calculators that Pattu has, which are on the SEBI portal, etc., etc. Yeah. Uh, what are the tools you use and how do you display everything to your clients? Is it Excel? Is it, I'm trying to get, you know, sure. the tools you use. Yes, I, I use Excel. Uh, yes. Uh, but of course, it's customized to my, this approach sure. that I was talking about, right? So it's very simple, right? I just show them the cash flow summary. I show them the asset summary. And then I calculate the goals to show them the goal calculations. And then they can visually see, okay, this is the gap in this. And they actually play around with that sheet. So I give them the sheet for them to play around. And then they come to a decision. So it's simple Excel tools, nothing too complicated. Uh, but it's how you go through the journey with them, yeah. with that Excel is whether it's not about the tool, it's about how you use the tool that matters, right? So when you sure. take them through that journey, it's, they know how to use that tool optimally. That's the more important thing. Yeah. Okay, on to my most favorite uh, segment of owners, right, which are freelancers. How does this pyramid change for freelancers? And what are the percentage of your clients who are freelancers? I think this is very interesting for me. So uh, it doesn't change too much. See, the income, the cash flow, the income part is what differs for a salaried person. It's a little more structured. For a freelancer, it's a little more varied. Uh, for business people, it's sometimes once in a year, they get some income sometimes. Crazy, uh, yeah. 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 So the the variability of the duration of income is what changes. It's not the actual. So, so we still work with averages over here, right? But mm. where the challenge comes is they may not be able to commit to a monthly SIP as as exactly. a normal uh, yeah, yeah as a normal um, uh, salaried person would. But there again, we try to work out. Okay, you have to do debt investments and equity investments. If you have only little, let's do the equity investments every month, and maybe we can tie the ad hoc monthly or sorry, annual bonuses or something like that to the debt investment so that we're not timing badly the market. So that kind of planning also comes into the play when it comes to a person who has a large varied income. Mm. Um, so yeah, those kinds of small variations are going to be there. I would say for me, uh, about 20, 25% of my clients would be freelancers. Most of them are salaried, but some freelancers too. But uh, the structure and the process is almost the same. I, I don't see a huge difference. Got it. Quick question, Pattu, from last episode. Remember, uh, two episodes prior, you we had got to that 80,000, 90,000 a month you have to invest to reach that goal after we did all the calculators. My, uh, because I think like a freelancer... If you multiply it by, by 12 and put it in once a year or twice a year, that's fine, right? Even for the freelancers? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay, great. Uh, giving all the experience you have, Vikram, uh, over all these years, um, what is it that you bring to the table in terms of true value? Uh, you know, How do you sure. convince somebody, particularly a DIY investor, that they need this value? Forget why they need this value. What is the value that you bring yeah. to the table? So I briefly touched on this earlier. See, the real value is in giving them clarity 
and a proper structure and that validation for D- this is specifically for DIY investors I'm talking about right for a person who's completely new the value is that I'm there to guide them right from scratch because they have no idea what even a mutual fund is sometimes uh, which is fine that's a whole different value mm-hmm. but for DIY investors it's more of the giving the clarity structure and a third person point of view and non-emotional unbiased point of view that's the real value um it's it's yeah i would say it's to also help them understand because emotions come into play for sure but too much of emotion is bad too much of logic is also bad how do you balance mm. those two right um it's it's great knowing how to crunch numbers but you should also know when to stop right uh, sometimes we go overboard uh, because i can analyze things i analyze things but okay think of a, for example think of a you know a, a young earner having 10 lakhs in his retirement or whichever bucket he has it for spending 10 hours 15 hours analyzing every mutual fund out there right this return that return and all these ratios to get an extra 1% return now that 1% is just 10000 rupees on his 10 lakhs right what value is it really adding to his overall he he gets into that game it becomes more like a game that i'm i'm finding the best thing possible but if it doesn't really add value you need somebody to tell you that okay stop here this is not this is not meaningful anymore right you need to stop that's another value that i add here. i think that's the main thing and yeah these are the basic values that it's you need sometimes a third person to come in and tell you these things and that's where the value is yeah. if i may show sure. uh, there is also one more aspect of this value uh, if you um carefully listen and re-listen to what Vikram has been saying about his process. Nowhere uh, is the client going to be dependent on the advisor. Right? He he ensures that the client is not going to be dependent on him. One, it's a service and he offers six months support. There is no obligation uh, directly, indirectly, implicitly, explicitly to renew. right he he talks about educating the client and there are i'm sure there are many diy guys who come in for the f- uh, first years uh, service they they vikram says everything is fine and they never talk to vikram again i mean that has happened all the time so that is the value uh, that you are going to a professional who wants you to be independent hmm. and not dependent on him and that is just amazing i mean that and that is true for uh, we generally talk about that a lot in fee only india and uh, we tend to uh, make it a point that all advisors in part of fee only india uh, do that they don't create this dependence uh, for the client so that is a great aspect of value i would say i think that's amazing and vikram on that point uh, what are the percentage of people who do not come to you in the second year and Yeah. and i'm sure you feel a lot of success but then on a business side is it great for business right so that's where the duality yeah. comes in yeah so to be honest with you uh, uh, yeah just number side about 50 to 60% of my clients do not continue with my engagement after the initial 6 months period itself which is perfectly fine and they tell me even when they sign up the what they were looking for is that one time uh, structuring and validation right and i actually feel good that you know he's able to manage sure. it on their yeah. own that's number one number two business see uh, today uh, luckily uh, it's been good for me I, i mean i have no complaints in fact for a few months of the year That's i may have to even shut down my website so i'm not able to take on more clients right mm. so uh, i'm not in that to you know just to have business having a client signed up with me or anything like that so uh, I, i don't find that as a need and if the client needs me i'm always there to help them support them but it's not i don't want to have that dependency on me and uh, that's that's what i think yeah 
That's amazing. And dialing back a little bit in the entire process we are talking about, right? Uh, they know how much they need to pay you. You've kind of got a match in terms of styles and wavelength and all of that. So my main question, Vikram, is, is there any obstacle for a client to start, you know, where does that trust come from to share all this personal information? Because that's a lot to share. Um, uh, deepest darkest secrets you know every single rupee that's in my bank account yeah. what my wife's earning what i'm earning uh, whether my situation's really bad or really good etc right how does one overcome that yeah strangely i've never ever faced this problem uh, that's I don't amazing know. I, yeah, yeah. Uh, see, because when the person even comes to and wants to reach out to you, I'm not going and selling myself anywhere. I'm not going and advertising mm. for people to come and sign on with me. And they they have some background of what I do. Uh, they've been validated. Patu is on his list and so many things, right? So they're already pre-qualified and pre-validating me. And they know there is a certain level of certain trust, first of all. Secondly, you would never go to a doctor or an auditor and say, I will not give you information. You would want to give them as much as information so that they can give them the best advice, right? So if the intention is coming from there, it's not me pushing them to do anything. They are all open uh, to giving them, giving me all the information. Mm. Of course, I'm not taking your bank account numbers, but whatever information is relevant to the planning, they are almost always, always free. To, I mean, it's, it's, that's never a roadblock. Yeah. So if I may, Vikram has got excellent SEO skills as well. So okay. <laughs> there are many clients who come straight from organic search, as we call it. So I think the magic happens in that 15-20 minutes introductory call. Hmm. It is there that you form an opinion. That if that first impression is good, then the journey will typically be smooth. If there are ha uh, no problems there, it's going to be an issue for both parties. Absolutely fascinating. And um, I guess a little bit more of a philosophical question, Vikram, now that you've had so much experience in years of doing this, uh, any advice you have for somebody who's at that stage in life when they've just started earning? And what advice would you give to somebody who's well into the journey, but is suddenly realize that, look, they're way off that target. You know, uh, there are a lot of people in their mid thirties, perhaps early forties who have young children, have been battling day to day, you know, this, this typical, uh, middle-class situation in India, right? And yeah. then suddenly the realization hits you that I only have so many years of earning left. I need to achieve this corpus for my retirement, for my kids' education, etc., etc. So two different kinds of people. What yeah. what advice would you give this young earner starting mm -hmm. off and this person who is feeling a lot of tension right now? Sure. Yeah, so firstly, for young people starting off, uh, it's very important to understand the basics, right? You don't need to get complicated. People want to become experts overnight. Uh, they want to start doing mm. trading and uh, options trading and all that. Just because they can learn it doesn't mean they have to learn it and do it, right? So as a beginner, the most important thing is go back to the basics. Understand, people don't even understand what the impact of inflation is. Sometimes they want to go tr do trading, right? So apply the basics, number one, right? Number two is get into good financial habits early on. Uh, like even just... Tracking your expenses is the basic thing anybody mm. should do. Because if you don't have control, as I showed you, right, if you don't have a knowledge or control over your expenses, you're never going to get, it's always going to keep pulling you back. So these kinds of basic things is what you need to focus on. Um, yeah, I, and the third thing is, yeah, I've try to avoid making mistakes rather than making great moves. I always say this uh, in my, uh, my clients also. Uh, experts will make great moves. If you are able to not or minimize the number of errors you do earlier on, that is the biggest success you can have as a young earner, right? And you should know what to do, what not to do. Uh, today, with so much of information out there, 
it's actually not about how much information you have what not to take into your ears is what is more important than what to actually implement so you need to get to that mindset where you know what is noise what is not and what you need to do as a basics so that's what i would say for beginners um for advanced people i mean uh, yeah as you get as you grow and you have more money coming in i usually always uh, like to tell this to clients see what defines a person's financial success in life is their patience when they have nothing and their attitude when they have everything right so patience when you don't have following the process having a clear plan just sticking to it not worrying about the day to day is very very important and there will be i and we always say this right there are years when nothing happens and there are days when years happen right mm. so that that time will come but you need to follow the process you need to gradually get there and build up that to make that impact to your finances and attitude when you have everything so for example let's say you're earning a lot in your mid 30s and 40s right that's when people go overboard right that's when they you you want to buy the best cars you want to go the best vacations which is fine but you should understand the impact of it and not blindly go right and that attitude is very very important knowing that this is not permanent this is you know uh, it's only temporary and if you have that balance between that that's when you can um, you know have a much more financially secure life is what i would always say yeah fascinating what a line part two and you i don't know what it is about your community that comes up with these pearls patience when you have nothing and attitude when you have a lot or everything that's fantastic that's fantastic yeah that defines uh, a person's financial life to be in my opinion yeah i think i can imagine um vikram how many of your clients come to you for this you know this new concept of fire i want to retire early yeah. forget when i'm 55 and 60 and how do you react to them yeah so this is a concept that's been i mean we people use so many different words for it but the concept is they understand that they not want they want don't want to depend on their jobs anymore that's the underlying thing it doesn't matter if you're a freelancer or a salary yes. person because those days it was already a job that was secured lifelong and you will retire at 58 and you have a pension coming in today that's not there especially in it and all that right so um, this is really that in the last 4 5 years we've seen everybody talk about just this fire and financial freedom uh but where people sometimes get confused is of course you need passive income right that's what we call as for for this to create this income everybody comes and says no i want to create a second source of income i want a second passive income great if you have 10 lakhs today you can create passive income just by putting it to an fd right that interest is passive mm-hmm. income but where it's meaningful is is that enough to replace your expenses every month that is when it's meaningful passive income right and that understanding sometimes is lost uh they just want second income so that takes time right and then you need to calculate to understand what is the corpus that i need to build and then from then on the passive income is enough for all my expenses that is very very important and that is where when you have a clear plan with all your other goals also brought into the picture you would really understand when can i achieve this financial freedom so that's very important it's not just running behind a passive income it's about you know having a meaningful passive income is very important yeah amazing um so two questions right one is part two in our previous episode about rebalancing and de-risking had mentioned about how it's so important that you have your de-risking plan ready today so that mm. you know you can plan is all this rebalancing and de-risking part of what you offer your client today from that you know the from the first interaction uh, and do you follow this 5% rebalancing that uh, that part two proposed yeah yeah So yeah so when we make the plan obviously we can't know what the values are going to be 10 years from now 5 years from now but i would make sure the client understands that you know what is you need to maintain this ratio for your goal if you're deviating from that you need to of course come back to that and 
or if you're getting closer to a goal, see today a goal is 10 years away, but a goal becomes a three-year goal or two-year goal when you get closer to that. So you need to start reducing the equity exposure, right? So this is the basic concept that everyone is educated, but doing it, either the client has to do it on their own, or if they're having this ongoing engagement with any financial planner, they would help them do it. That's why we do a yearly review, just to make sure of, you know, if things are on track, do we have to rebalance and all that. The 5% rule, yes, I, I try to, uh, if I, beyond 5% is where I'm also a little more uncomfortable to, you know, I, I would rather do that. Uh, but we don't do that every month, every quarterly yeah. and all that. Of course, once in a year you look at it, it's generally enough for once in six months at most, unless there's a massive uh, difference in the market or anything like that. Before we move on to the, uh, the final part, which is uh, aspiring RIAs such as yourself, right? And how do they enter this career, et cetera, et cetera. In your career, in your daily practice, what is it that brings you the most pressure? And then what is it that brings you the most joy? See, uh, luckily I'm in, a, I'm in a profession that I love doing. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't find what I do as work, uh, luckily. Uh, so I enjoy doing it. And I only take on clients who have the mind, right mindset. When there is a mismatch, sometimes clients expect something different and all that is where you get a little bit and that your mindset itself is affected, right? So that's where I get the treasure, not from the actual work at all, uh, in my opinion, because I personally enjoy doing what I do. Dealing with painful uh, clients. Now, I, yeah. I kind of get it, yeah. Painful, more in the sense of if there's a mismatch in what they were expecting and if yeah. you were try your, tried your best to communicate but still didn't get through, that's where the challenges come. But uh, that's the only time I feel, you know, it is. Otherwise, it's, and luckily, you also have control over your time, right? I can know exactly this month, I'm not able to take on more clients. I don't take on clients. So it's not the work pressure that comes to me at all, uh, luckily. Yeah. And perhaps this is a premature question to ask because uh, if you start in 2014, it's been 10 years. But how many, have you seen success stories is what I'm trying to angle at. And what do these success stories look like? Has anyone achieved fire under your guidance? Has anyone, you know, I guess that's my question. What does success look like after 10 years for you, for some of your clients? Sure. See, for me, in the service that I provide, the success comes right away. I, I find that value mm. is what I showcase to clients. Is the, isn't that clarity and structure, right? That evening when they get their plan in hand, they're able to sleep well, knowing. I usually tell clients it's not about having or not not having. It's about knowing if you have or not have that's more important. So at least you get that clarity. Even if you don't have, it's okay. You know what steps you need to go, do to get there, right? And if that's the value that I'm telling to my clients, they get that success right away. I feel exactly. that is the case. Yeah. Numbers, achieving goals is just a process. You follow the structure and nobody can nobody's plan stays the same. Things change so much these days. You need to keep adapting the plan for sure. Uh, but that's a process, right? And if you follow the process and realign, you will achieve your goals eventually for sure. But immediately what you get is what the value. And I feel that success is what I've always tried to uh, give clients. Uh, yeah. What a great answer. Uh, and finally, for those aspiring to be uh, fee-only RIs such as yourself, we really need to grow this number of 23, I personally believe. Actually, I have two questions, but, uh, and, you know, I just re remember the second one. But coming to people aspiring to be like yourself, it's, it's not easy, right? How do you convince them, firstly, that this is a viable business for life, a viable career? Uh, what are the processes that they should follow? And, you know, first of all, where do they get their five years of experience, et cetera, et cetera. And what would you say to this entire community uh, who I hope grows from 23 to 230 and, you know, into the thousands? Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I truly uh, want that to happen. I absolutely want. Uh, and the market is so big. I mean, people... Uh, we, I can imagine, barely, yeah. I, couldn't, I, I can't even call it a scratching the surface. It's nothing in India. So there's absolutely a massive scope. First, just to educate clients what financial planning is and then get them to even have the support of a financial planner. So there's a huge... You can you can have lakhs of people in this and there's enough room for that. Um, that's number one. Number two, how do people get into this? See... Uh, of course, you need to have some amount of passion if you want to do this. If it's money is the only focus, unfortunately, there are uh, this. It's not an easy route, is my point. Eventually, yeah, you can absolutely be really, really financially successful here. But it's a it may be a longer route to get to there. Um, so, uh, if you're really uh, inclined towards this and you want to do this, yeah, you need to take the right steps. Unfortunately, SEBI has made it a little more difficult these mm -hmm. days. Um, so firstly, you need to pass an exam, which is not too bad. I mean, anybody can, you know, uh, sit and spend time and do that. That five years experience, as you mentioned, is where the real challenge is. Uh, that either you work, even though it may not be uh, under a fee-only planner, any kind of advisory role uh, in banks and things like that qualify for an advisory role. So your end goal could be to become a fee-only planner, but to get to that, you may not be able to start off as a fee-only planner, unfortunately. Can somebody um, work with you to get that five years of experience? Yeah, it, it's possible. But again, the problem is SEBI also comes in here because as a registered advisor, as an individual, for example, right, I cannot uh, have employees giving advice or working with clients, dealing with clients itself, if they don't have at least two years of experience at least, and they have to actually have passed exams and things like that. And there's so much of compliance requirements, data privacy, and so many things. Today, we all work from, I work from home. I used to have an office, I shut that down. So 100% of my clients are online. Now, I have another person working from somewhere else dealing with data and all this becomes a challenge, right? And data privacy is so huge for us as we're dealing with financial I can information. Imagine, so yeah. me si having another employee full-time and also clients are coming to me to talk to me. I always intentionally kept it that way right from day one. I never had people talking to employees or anything like that. So if that's the real value, if it's me who is the service for them, I can't replace that that easily is the challenge that I have, right? So... Uh, yeah, that's the challenge for new entrants. But I hope SEBI also relaxes some of these things and makes it a little more easier for people to you know, become RIAs. And here's a little, forgive me if I sound absolutely crazy, right? For me, I imagine a world where a rickshaw driver, somebody running a canteen, somebody, you know, all Indians of all startup society can achieve some kind of financial help or advice, right? And some of them perhaps can use tools, free tools online. And if you're intelligent enough, you find out that process. But do you imagine a world where we have thousands of fee-only advisors who can go out and help these people? Because for me, for some reason, I feel very passionate about that start of society, which are so clued out about this world of forget financial planning, even investments, that it's possible to invest money that grows. Oh, I only mm -hmm. thought I had to work every single day and save and put it in one pillowcase somewhere, etc, etc, right? How does one make these two worlds meet? We're here, we are here on YouTube, we have pretty decent incomes. And we lack advice, which is where you and Pattu come in. What about those people? And how do we make these worlds collide? Yeah, and I think this is where tech comes in, right? 
I think mm. uh, making even financial advisory uh, you know reachable to people at that level with today everybody having smartphones and things like that uh, first creating awareness obviously through you know of course blogs like pattoos and things like that but that's again that's only scratching the surface right there are people who don't even know blogs even exist um so I think it's a long way to go Uh, but i think tech even even in the fee only model right we've had discussions about how we can offer services to much lower uh, income services through tech right so they may not have three meetings with a financial planner to have mm-hmm. the service but they may be able to have just one meeting or even uh, completely an online process which is perfectly fine as long as it's unbiased and if they find value in going through that process it's perfectly fine um but yeah i think as the mar- market broadens you'll have the varied uh, uh, types of services the same unbiased as a service offered to different classes because we are just in the nascent stages i think it's we are targeting the easiest uh, hanging buckets but when, when people more people come into the field you will see people offering these services to much wider you give me a lot of hope with that answer vikram <laughs> uh thank you again so much for your time but to thank you for bringing us to this stage we cannot thank you enough i'd like to add before some you know last thoughts from the two of you that i feel I've always up until this point in my life thought as teachers and doctors as the most noble professions because they provide change and positive movement to people's lives which you remember for life right whether it's education slash knowledge whether it's health and being able to live this life in a healthy way I think you are perhaps that third person Vikram you know who gives lifelong you are providing lifelong advice and you know something positive that you take with you for life and it's a profession that i find uh, the more i think about it a very very noble profession especially since there's no conflict of interest you're not pushing anything and it's pure advice and thank you for what you're doing may your tribe increase no. thank and, you so and much thank you so much for Absolutely. joining us on the show no thanks for your kind words and uh, yeah it was a pleasure both of you and patu always a pleasure associating with you likewise Absolutely. yeah Thank you so much. Please keep your comments coming in. Your questions for Vikram. Vikram, I'm sure you'll be generous enough if you, you know, post these two episodes. If our listeners and viewers have a ton of questions, we can send them your way and perhaps there's a way we can perhaps have you back in the future. Or more from your community. Please share the word, you know. Patu and I would like to speak to much more of the 23 of y'all so that we grow up uh, grow that number. Like, share and sub- subscribe this video please. It's very important so that more and more people get this very valuable advice from Pattu and Vikram. Until we see you again on the next episode of Let's Get Rich with Pattu. Have a great week. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. You just heard Let's Get Rich with Pattu, an Offspin original. Isn't it the coolest show you've heard in the Indian podcasting space? And even if it isn't, what's the point of getting rich alone, right? Share this show with those you care about and perhaps even with those you don't care about. But make sure you share this show with only those who you don't mind being richer than you. The music on this show was created by Pattu's biggest fan, Rajesh Ravi, and everyone on the Offspin team had some part or the other to play on the show. Let me name them quickly: Harshdeep Nisrani, Krishant Das, Sandeep Banerjee, Arif Chagla, Anand Krishnan, Rajesh Ravi, and Heer Khan. Here by the way is also to be blamed for giving part to his gangster look which is how he looks on a daily basis um and me sidhan your host let's get rich is available on all audio platforms wherever you consume your podcasts so spread the word and we'll see you next week you know we do this show only to help you guys right 
But if you're listening and you're that one person who has perhaps lost money and are holding it against Pattu or me for making you lose that money, then not only are you a mean person, but you also need to listen to this legal disclaimer. This podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and does not constitute any financial advice. Views expressed are not official positions of financial institutions or Pattu or mine for that matter. Although we strongly believe in them, listen to this disclaimer even more carefully. We recommend consulting a qualified professional before making decisions. We disclaim liability for inaccuracies or losses from using this information in our show. By listening, you agree that the host, guests and producers are not only awesome people, but they are not responsible for your financial decisions or outcomes. This is Offspin. Offspin.